This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. 60th Psalm. You'll see at the header at the top that this is a Psalm of David. Because of the lateness of the hour, we had the children's uh, portion earlier. I'm just going to be able to make some introductory comments and then uh, that will let you know uh, what we'll be studying as we move into the fall uh, here. Psalm 60, beginning in verse 1, O God, thou hast cast us off. Thou hast scattered us. Thou hast been displeased. O turn thyself to us again. Thou hast made the earth to tremble. Thou hast broken it. Heal the breaches thereof for it shaketh. Thou hast showed thy people hard things. Thou hast made us to drink the wine of astonishment. Thou hast given a banner to them that fear thee, that it may be displayed because of the, and I want us to say that next word together, because of the truth. Selah, so pause to meditate. That thy beloved may be delivered Save with thy right hand and hear me. As you read on in the psalm, David establishes the historical context. In fact, it's in the header. You can read up there uh, right under uh, Psalm 60. But the king knows that the history of his people, the Jews, has been very troubled. In fact, he knows that already from time to time they have faced enemies that desired their extinction. And yet God continues to deliver Israel. If you go to the end of the psalm, we read this in verse 10, Wilt not thou, O God, which hast cast us off, and thou, O God, which didst uh, not go out with our armies. Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. Through God we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. In David's day, in spite of the failures of God's people, And even in his instance, uh, or in his life, the failure of the king, God delivered. Those of us that are reading through the Bible again this year, we're finishing up Jeremiah. Jeremiah is such a sobering prophecy because mixed in with the prophecy and the declaration of judgment against the nations, you see God deliver his prophet. But everything the prophet said would happen took place. It all happened. And yet, Jeremiah predicts the Lord is not going to cast off his people forever. And in fact, after Nebuchadnezzar sacks Jerusalem 70 years later, what happens? They're back there again. Back in the land temple rebuilt under Ezra. 
the walls of Jerusalem rebuilt under Nehemiah. And then as you fast forward through Israel's history, ultimately the prophecies, all the prophecies about Messiah's first coming are fulfilled when the fullness of time was come. And all of that history leading up to our Savior proves a very important point. God chose Abraham to bring about a nation that would bring to the nations Messiah, Jesus. Jesus the Christ, Messiah. And so we have all of that history. We see how God prophesied, how God fulfilled those prophecies. And then we see other predictions that start being made after, well, in the Gospels that the disciples write, and then in the epistles that the apostles will write. And just like those prophecies were fulfilled literally for Israel, when we look to the future, those prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled will be fulfilled in the very same way regarding Jesus Messiah, who, is, who came the first time as Savior and who is coming back the second time as judge. Those who have a literal, proper hermeneutic, where they approach what the Scripture says literally, historically, grammatically, and so on, have no trouble understanding that God still has a plan for Israel. You do realize tonight that it's a miracle there is a nation called Israel. If the world had their way, that nation wouldn't be there. It makes me smile. He that sitteth in the heavens will laugh. I think one of the things he laughs about is the United Nations is responsible humanly to put them there. They're the ones that voted for that. But you know what? No, they were just doing the will of God. And so Israel is a nation. Is God done with Israel? Oh, no. In fact, there are prophecies that are going to be fulfilled that are very specific about what is going to happen with that nation. Now, I, as I look out tonight, I don't see a single Christian sitting there going, no. Because you have a theology that is consistent with bibliology that tells you that what I've just said to you is true. But you need to understand that there is a lot of professed Christianity that doesn't think that way. Whether it's called covenant theology or reformed theology, Much of the church, even the evangelical church, and I and I, I want to be careful, I think the only true church is the evangelical church because there's only one gospel. And that is repentance towards God and faith in Jesus Christ. There is no working your way to heaven. But in a lot of Christendom today, people that would claim to believe soteriology, the same thing you and I do, Many of them 
would deny a lot of the things in the scripture that we believe about Israel and about last things. They would allegorize so much of what you and I read in the Bible and that we consider to be these are future events. Not representing some mystical uh, behind the scenes, in between the lines uh, theology that you have to uh, have a special understanding in order to see. No, God's got a plan for his church. God's got a plan for Israel. And those tracks run parallel until you get to the point where, and we're going to see this as we move into this series, where one of the tracks goes right to heaven in what's called the rapture. The other track enters into what the scripture clearly teaches as the great tribulation. The church has already believed on Christ. What's going to happen to Israel is going to bring them to the point of near extinction. And when it is almost the end for them, their Messiah is going to return. And the nation as a whole is going to look on him whom they have pierced. And what's left of them, they're going to believe he's their Messiah. So, what has happened in church history to get people who can read the same Bible that you and I have to get them to think these other thoughts? How is that even possible? I know one pastor who has befriended another pastor in the area where he lives, and he shared this with me. This pastor, if, if you ask this pastor about the gospel, he could, he could lead somebody to Christ. But this pastor would claim to be reformed because of the denomination he's a part of. And when the pastor friend that I have, who believes the Bible like I do, started to talk to this other pastor about end times, the rapture, dispensationalism, this pastor had no idea what he was talking about. But this other pastor is leading a flock of people. He may be leading them to salvation, but he is not leading them to be prepared for the imminent return of Jesus Christ. And so Psalm 60 describes what David saw in his day. And through history, there have been attempts at annihilation. Of course, World War II is fresh on everybody's mind still from the history that happened there. Uh, but what happened during the Second World War with the Jewish people pales with what still lies ahead for them in the future. And so I want to begin to study together as we move into the fall a biblical response to what is called Reformed theology. Not because I'm concerned that we have that here, though many of you are newer in our church and don't realize that there was a time when that had to be addressed here. 
it did. In the last pastorate that I was in, I had to address it there. And I saw the results of those who get sucked into what is very pop, a very popular theology. And so we're not going to delve into it tonight. I want to let you go here in just a few minutes. But let me, let me explain to you why this is a concern to me. We're living in a day when it seems like the enemy is coming in like a flood. But my purpose is to remind us that the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Isaiah 59, 19. In these days, we don't have to be like children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. We have a clear, un, we have the clear, unchanging truth in God's word. But in the last few years, there has been a rising confusion in the church called covenant or reformed theology. And it has made a resurgence in the church that has not been healthy. In fact, Pastor Coles had to deal with this. Uh, in not, I'm sorry, in the previous church uh, that he pastored near uh, Petersburg, uh, he had a situation where uh, a pastor came in, took over for a few years. Things went very well. And then this pastor turned down this road. And, and, and accompanying that are often other things, other changes uh, in ministry, philosophy, music, translations, and so on. The result is that that work that Pastor Coles ministered in so faithfully, strong work, Today, it's gone. When I pastored in Pennsylvania, shortly after going there, a young man came into my office and said that he was struggling with where our church stood on eschatology, or the doctrine of last things. After some discussion, and by the way, this young man went to the same Bible college I did. After some discussion, I asked him, you really don't know what you believe, do you? Because I was asking him questions, simple questions, couldn't answer them. He admitted that he didn't really know what he believed, but he was sure he didn't believe what our church did. He never offered a biblical explanation as to why, but I, I was able to ascertained that he was reading some of the things that a lot of guys, young guys were reading, that was just the latest and the greatest. That young man today is out of the church and claims to be an agnostic. He and his family haven't been in church for years. And I would submit that because he started to deny what was obvious in the scriptures that led him into spiritual blindness. A short time after that, we had a missionary that came to see me. Just showed up at my office one day, uh, a missionary that had grown up in that church. We were delighted about this missionary and serving. 
He told me that in his own Bible study, he had come across some verses that didn't seem to fit into the dispensational scheme, his words, that he was taught at that church. Now I admitted to him, I've come across those same verses too. Matthew 24, Matthew 25. I don't know exactly where some of that fits in God's plan. But here's what I told him. All that detail is on purpose. And it does fit. And so he asked for permission to study it further. He was working with his mission board, I found out at the time. And as he studied further, read other authors, he felt that he was becoming... Uh, or he was coming to a different position in his eschatology. Later, I received an email that he had arrived at his decision, which was a reformed position without the five points of Calvinism. Well, I was kind of encouraged. And we'll talk about where Calvinism comes in in all of this. But as I read his email, I was grieved. I also realized that the task was being pressed on me to teach that church about this issue. And so tonight, I'm burdened to teach our church on this issue. And I know, in, again, in the past, uh, Pastor Coles has had Dr. Yoho come in and speak to this. I'm sure he did a much better job than I'll be able to do. Okay, uh, But we've got missionaries here a number of fellow pastors who are here. But here is even my greater burden. We weekly, monthly are seeing new families come into our church. And as I'm sitting with these families in our new member class, they're such a blessing. Their hunger for the word is refreshing. But I'm also realizing that the different situations that the Holy Spirit has said, you, you're not getting what you need here, and they're moving away from these churches. They're coming here, but what they may be bringing here is no questioning of God's word, but perhaps some things that they were taught was God's word. It's not. And so I'm trusting the Lord to give grace that we can bring clarity to this. This is not a minor issue, but we need to understand why. And so I want to raise the standard of God's truth and look at this in detail. In its worst forms, Reformed theology, going back to the Reformers, and one of those guys named John Calvin who influenced a number of the other reformers. They were all reading each other. And just to be fair to Calvin, people are saying things that he taught that he never taught. Okay, so we need, I need to be fair about that. But what is known today as Calvinism says that the Lord only died for to provide salvation for the elect. And when you go down that road, 
it's going to kill evangelism, which that's our main marching order as we bring glory to God. But along with that, it will sap the life out of the church. And I could stand here for the next 20 minutes and tell you churches that I know of personally that returned to reform and they dried up. Because it's not biblical. The book of Acts is biblical. And when, again, the Holy Spirit is in control of us and we are a praying church, the series we just completed, oh, it's exciting what God does. And we're about to engage in some evangelism training. You're not going to hear one word about see if you can figure out who the elect are out there. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Whosoever will may come. I didn't say that. Our Lord said that. And so I hope that you'll uh, be out for these, these Wednesday nights. Uh, invite others to come out, but we've said it before. I feel like this is the group to speak to these things about because you're the ones that understand uh, through spiritual maturity, you know, <laughs> we need to be out to pray to the Lord. But I think you also uh, hunger for God's word and that this will, uh, God will use it to help sharpen us, teach us, uh, and, and even help us be clear in our thinking so that we can protect it, be protected against errant doctrine. Would you stand together with me? Father, thank you for the time to gather tonight if the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, Lord, oh, so much is accomplished in these prayer meetings. Now, Lord, help us to go forth to be a witness for you. Thank you for the sweet time together tonight. Lord, help us to be steadfast in our praying with this prayer sheet we've received. Give safety as we head our ways. Lord, bring us back together. Uh, Lord, this, this Lord's day as you tarry in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.